Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode 6. What are you hungry for? With certified health coach Mel Wells. Welcome to the Alternatively Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, personal trainer, wellness coach, and founder of online wellness magazine Alternatively Healthy. This is your high vibe, soul soothing weekly dose of wellness. Each week, I will be getting up close and personal, bringing you conversation and insight with some of the wellness industry's most renowned health practitioners, coaches, experts, and thought leaders from around the world. Through our podcast, we hope to give you all the information, resources, and tools that you need to help shape the healthiest and happiest version of you. Mel Wells is a certified health coach, eating psychology coach, international speaker, and best-selling author of widely acclaimed book, The Goddess Revolution. She is Hay House's youngest author and is a leading women's expert in her field. Mel dedicates her time to helping women worldwide ditch dieting for good, make peace with food, and love their healthy bodies. Mel coaches women through her popular online academy and luxury goddess retreats held in Bali, Thailand, and the UK. Her vision is to empower women to stop fad diets and challenges their entire belief system around food in their bodies by working on the relationship they have with themselves. So, Mel, welcome to the Alternatively Healthy podcast. Super excited to have Mel today on the podcast. She's a very good friend of mine and I am in awe of the work, can I just say, that you're doing in this industry around mindset and loving ourselves a lot more to be able to heal our relationships with food and our body image. So I guess my first question, as my first question to everyone, is you've got a bit of a good story behind you as to how you got into what you're doing now. So tell us a little bit about your background and how this all began for you. Oh, thanks Becky. It's so good to be here. Um, So awesome that you're doing this podcast. I'm very excited to be a part of it. My story as to how I got into this, well... Let's see, I used to be an actress on a soap opera called Hollyoaks that I think some people will know about here in the UK. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that you were on there until, like, literally you said yesterday. Yeah, do you know what? It's not something that I usually talk about a lot, Mm. and I think this is something that I've recently overcome on a personal level because when I got into health coaching and started teaching people about self-love and kind of really moved away from that industry, 
and into this and obviously help a lot of people with disordered eating and their relationship with food I really wanted to like kind of disassociate yeah. dissociate from the acting thing so it's only something yeah. that I'm kind of really owning now but yeah when I was in that industry I developed a lot of issues around food basically in college decided to stop eating it's like the whole size so zero like thing was going on yeah, yeah like everyone around me was dieting mm-hmm. I was at a performing arts college when was that um, that was like the there was a year or two, wasn't it, where yeah. everyone was just starving themselves for a bit. Yeah, that was me. So I was 15, 16, yeah. so that would have been 20... About 10 years ago. So, yeah, about right, yeah. yeah. I was at Performing Arts College. All the girls were obviously extremely competitive in that industry. Mm-hmm. It's like, now we're obviously seeing a lot more women supporting women. Back then, as a girl in the performing arts industry, it was like every woman out for herself. And at the same time, you're developing from a young girl into a woman, yeah. developing curves in these places that you weren't aware of that that was going to happen, I guess. And you're spending like eight hours a day in front of the mirror being told to look for flaws yeah. and kind of got to be the best. And if you don't look right, you won't get the job. And at the same time, you're seeing all these actresses that are really really thin at that time eating disorders were really being publicised and glamorised in, in yeah, a very wrong cool. way yeah. everyone around me was basically dieting and I'd never had any issues with my body growing up my mum was never on a diet really you know set a good example for me but yet in that world of performing arts I basically saw everyone around me pinching their stomach and kind of going oh my god I need to lose weight I need to lose weight I need to drop five pounds and at the same time, I had people say to me, oh, camera adds 10 pounds and all this kind of stuff. And I was always tall. I'm five foot 10. I'm a real tallie. And I think I was really aware that on camera, I looked bigger than everyone else. Yeah. So anyway, what started with the special K diet, if anyone remembers that. Oh my God. Hell, that was damaging. I forgot about that. Yeah. You basically allowed like a handful of cereal oh twice God. a day and then dinner. Yeah. And um, Oh my God, I forgot about so, that. So yeah, that was <laughs> kind of was the start of a very down the rabbit hole for me with diets and before I knew it I just stopped eating altogether and developed quite a serious eating disorder and when I went up and got the job in Hollyoaks I actually boomeranged completely the other way lots of parties lots of nights out you're getting free this free mm-hmm. champagne and I ended up really turning to food in the opposite way so I was binging a lot felt very out of control gained a lot of weight very fast mm-hmm. and started to hate myself for it so that's really interesting you've been on both sides yes. of the so you I didn't know that mm. so you've been on both sides the, yeah. the weight gain and then the weight loss and it's really interesting actually from your perspective that this has nothing to do with your childhood a lot of the people mm. that we speak to a lot of the podcasts I've done it's as a result of a trauma or uh, something that's gone on in their life but yours was actually a very much an environmental this, the industry you were in yeah I would say that before I went to that college before I was around those girls I guess I I was so confident like at school mm-hmm. I was so confident and I actually you know remember a girl saying on the playground about me you know how bitchy girls can be at school I remember someone saying oh my god she loves herself about yeah. me and I remember thinking oh my god that's the worst thing yeah. I can't be the girl that loves herself what terrible crime yeah that is the worst thing ever but yeah I had tons of confidence until I got into that industry and I obviously wasn't as sure of myself as I yeah. thought I was because it shattered me that was my story and that that kind of led on for another seven years of bulimia really extreme binge eating lots of really self-harm I think I would call you know bulimia is a real addiction and it is self-harm you're really really harming your body my first wake-up call came when I lost my dad really suddenly to cancer that made me really look at nutrition a lot more Mm. that made me go 
shit, like, we really need to value our health. I yeah. need to sort my health out a lot more than I am. How old were you when you lost your dad? I was 22 when I lost my dad. So then I decided to train as a nutritionist, thought, oh, I'm going to learn everything there is to learn about nutrition. That will fix me. That will sort me out. Mm. Turns out it didn't. I learned everything there was to learn about food and nutrition, but I still didn't love myself. Still was trying to diet, still was trying to lose weight, still was doing it all for the wrong reasons. And it was only when I thought that I might be pregnant and I had this kind of panic, oh my God, I might be pregnant. And I thought, holy shit, if I've got a baby in here, what on earth am I doing to my body? Still binging, still starving, still purging. And I was like... If I'm doing this to my body, how on earth is this going to raise a healthy baby? And what kind of a role model am I going to be if I've got a little girl or a boy looking at me as their mum, going on all these cleanses all the time, taking fat-burning pills all the time, bloody hell. Yeah. You know, and I just... That was enough for me. When it became about the bigger vision for my life, when it became about a bigger purpose, and when it became about someone else other than me, like this imaginary child that wasn't even there my perspective changed and I stopped caring about being thin and I started caring about really being healthy and truly loving myself because I knew that that is what a good mum that's what a good role model is yeah Yeah. that's really interesting that that's kind of where it all started from you because I think for me it was like very similar thing I got told that like my hormones were an absolute mess and that I would not be able to have children if I carried on the way that I was and I never actually ever had bulimia or, or an eating disorder but I think I was one of those people that had a disordered way of health for a long time so I was yeah. over exercising and I was restricting my food for sure for a while I didn't eat that much like it wasn't like starving myself I was just very conscious and it was all had to be clean then it kind of went into like macro counting so it's still definitely disordered yeah. food relationships the reason why I love what you're doing so much in this world is because body image and self-love is something I've always always battled with and again I was a confident girl always had loads of friends never really struggled on that part and people never really know my vulnerability and like I'm way more open about it now but that's still only really the last two years that I've been open so I feel like what you're doing is I mean tell us about how you actually got into then creating the goddess tribe and the community that you've got and then you went on to launch a book yeah so like what was it that made you actually start that up obviously that was what what? yeah I mean when I became a nutritionist obviously I started working with people and I was very much in that place that you just described Mm -hmm. I was trying to eat as clean as possible I thought that I had to be the perfect nutritionist that only drank green smoothies and salads all the time and before I knew it I was I'd cut out carbs I'd cut out Meat, dairy, yeah. gluten, everything I basically. Vegan, you went, like, really I didn't just so. go vegan, I went like I went like everything free, basically. Yeah. Like I was vegan, I was gluten free, I was sugar free, I was trying to do everything and yeah. before I knew it I was like left with just eating vegetables basically. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay, I think this is another form of a disorder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Need to sort this out. This is not what I want to promote. And I'd already kind of started a platform sharing food stuff, mm-hmm. sharing recipes, doing recipe blogs, all that kind of stuff. And I just decided one day to share the real shit, which was, guys, I've had bulimia for the last seven years, and I'm just realising that it's not about nutrition, Mm -hmm. it's about psychology, and it's about how I feel about myself, and actually that's a completely different ballgame. So I started sharing that, and just had an overwhelming response, and I started changing the way that I was working with clients. I trained in eating psychology and started working with them on their mindset instead. Mm-hmm. And stopped doing meal plans for people, stopped telling people what to eat, and focused more about how they were feeling before okay, they ate, yeah. the guilt and shame that they felt after they ate, the way that they use food in different ways. 
And what I realized is it's never about the food, it's about your life. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to control your food, you're actually trying to control your life. When you're overeating with your food, it's usually because you're not addressing some emotional unmet need that you yeah. have in your life. And as I started sharing this, it, it just gained a lot of traction, that message. And this was back in 2012 and, you know, no one was really... Speaking no, about I have a relationship say, with food. Little fact for you here. I followed you when I started my Instagram and I had like a hundred followers and you were one of the first people that I followed. I can't remember where I found you, but like to me, like I followed you from the very beginning. At the time I was coming from like more of a fitness, well actually, I was coming from more of a gut health perspective when I first started. It was all like, because I was trying to overcome all these intolerances that I had. And like, yes, they were a fact and I had them, but actually the real issue underlying amongst all of it was that I hated myself, mm -hmm. hated my body and I hated yeah. myself. And I remember I started following you. You were pretty much the only person in the industry doing what you were doing. And you were already quite advanced because you had your like community of girls. You already had your website. Like nobody was doing that yeah. at all. Yeah, and, and definitely no one was kind of talking about the fact that we're in a relationship with food. Yeah. That was a completely new mm -hmm. concept. So to be able to kind of speak to people about that, and it's been really rewarding for me because I feel like I have hopefully opened some people's eyes to what they thought was just about what's on my plate. Yeah. And there's actually so much more to it than that. I think that's the biggest thing in this industry at the moment is, um, my next question was going to be, at what point do you think women have lost touch with their relationships with their food and why? And I guess what we're saying is that nobody's listening to themselves, nobody's tuning mm. in and asking themselves what they like, what they don't like, what makes them feel good, what doesn't make them feel good. Is that... Completely. Like, what do you think it is? Apart from, like, obviously your world was very much to do with the industry that you were in and being told to be slim, but, like, mm. where has that disconnect come from? Why do we have such issues with food, do you think? Do you know what? I think it starts at a really young age. You know, the companies that are marketing to us 24-7 yeah. are using the fact that we emotionally eat as a way to sell to us. Yeah. So they're using our emotions in the way that they market. For example, McDonald's, we buy and get a Happy Meal. Mm -hmm. You know, basically kind of telling kids that if you eat this, you'll be happy have a break, have a Kit Kat. Yeah. You're saying, you know, your life is really stressful, yeah. you need to take a break. Or Coca-Cola, life tastes good. It's like, basically, use our product to celebrate your life. So all these companies obviously know what they're doing and they're using our emotions to sell to us. Mm. So at a really young age, we are basically taught that food is there to deal with our emotions mm -hmm. or make us happy or make us feel better yeah. when our life is shit. We're doing that at a really young age and very unconsciously, if you think about the school system, it's very much like breakfast at this time, lunch at this time, yeah. dinner at this time. It's We're not ever being taught to really listen to our bodies and when we're hungry and when we're full. So it is something that most people are learning for the first time as adults. And diet culture, especially if you're a woman that has been completely swept into diet culture, that is the biggest contributor to disconnecting women from their bodies yeah. because it is telling you to control and manipulate your food instead of listening to your bodies. So mm -hmm. it's saying, ignore your cravings, ignore your appetite, eat what we say at this time, this is your portion size, this is your macro points, counts, whatever, yeah. track it all on an app, that's it. Ignore your body. Yeah, so it's like that, living to rules, isn't it? We're basically, yeah. we're all like... When I hosted the workshop last week, someone, we were talking about meditation, like completely off topic, but someone was like, but I just don't know how to do it or what to do. And I was like, this is the same thing with whether it's we're talking about food or exercise as well, which we will go on to. But you're worrying about what the rules are. Why do we have to have breakfast, lunch, yeah. dinner and snacks? Why can't you just eat 
if it means yeah. that that one day of that week, obviously, like, this is not, like, what you need to be doing all the time, but you just decide that you really only just want one meal that day because mm. you just really weren't hungry for the rest of the day. Like, there's nothing bad around that. That's it. And it's, like, who makes up these rules? Like, whose yeah. approval are you waiting for? Whose permission are you waiting for to be able to honour your body and eat what your body actually wants you to? In the fitness industry, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, there was this whole craze of, like, six meals a day. Yeah. And well, everyone thought... Yeah. yeah, and everyone thought, right, we're going to eat six meals a day now. You know, and then it's something else. And it's, like, you know, every day is different. And if you honour your appetite and listen to your body each day... It's like, take back your own power. Yeah. It's such a disempowered way to be, to be constantly asking someone else what the rules are or what you're allowed to eat or is this okay? That is a question that like really bugs me. Like, is this okay to eat? Of course it's okay. What do you think is going to happen if you eat it? You're going to die? Really, the only approval we should ever be asking for in life, right, is surely ourselves. Like, surely we should be the people and we're like lost, lost kind of, I guess that whole concept that's it who are we waiting to approve like I was and I'm sure you're this like roots back to a lot of the work that you do is that we were talking about it before we started recording like I was a people pleaser Mm. and like I was so scared that other people wouldn't like me as a kid and I don't know where it came from because I wasn't I mean I was I remember having a little bullying like I was bullied a little bit in like prime I'm talking like year two I was like five not even five but after that like nothing I don't know whether that maybe then Mm. shell off but like there's no reason as to where it came from so it's just really strange that we're constantly wanting to like please other people and do you think that's quite a lot to do with what we're doing with our food relationships like it's completely it's all tied in and it's just it's again like being disempowered and feeling like we don't have the power or the right to make our own rules up or you know to decide something for ourselves we've got to constantly ask someone else for permission or approval and again I think the diet industry has a lot to answer for because it is really disempowering women. It's really suppressing them and basically saying, you know, your life can't begin until you reach a goal weight. Track all your things, track all your macros, count your calories, weigh yourself every week. It is so disempowering and it's really underestimating the potential of what us women can actually do with our lives when we're not obsessing about food and macros and all this bullshit. We can actually go out and change the world and... That's amazing. But if your head is full of numbers, if your head is full of, is this sugar-free? Can I eat this? Is this the right diet to be on? Is this okay for me to eat? Your head is just full of that and it takes up so much brain space that you're not thinking about your big mission. You're not thinking about what you're here to do on this planet. You're just thinking about weight loss. So then it really, like, everything you're saying there really actually stems down to body image. So I've had a lot of conversations this week about how people think that they're defined by the way that they look and that... To be happy means that they've got to look good. Now, when we were talking about this last week, there was, of course, the argument that if you are slightly overweight or everybody feels better as they start to lose a little bit of weight, which is a healthy, you know, like, you want to look good, you want to feel good, you don't want to put on a pair of jeans and they'd be really tight for you and you just be like, oh, I don't feel great. But at the same time, we've pinned happiness to being with looking good. Mm. And as a PT, I guess that's what I see the most. So there's such a link here between exercise and food. And I think Mm. everything you're saying really merges over to the exercise side as well. Like, why are you working out? Mm. What is the reason behind this? It's all to look good. What does looking good mean? Does that mean you're going to be happy? Basically what you're saying is that a lot of it is actually stemming down to like putting actually nothing on food. It's actually what our relationship is with our bodies and ourselves yeah you know our friend Persia Mm. she said to me the other day that her dad said to her 
and this was a defining moment in her life he said focus on the insides and the outsides will take care of themselves and that is what it is about you know if you feel good on the inside and you lose weight you will feel good but if you feel good on the inside and you gain weight, you would also feel good. Yeah. Like, it is about how you feel on the inside. And, you know, when I was, like, at my thinnest, at my lowest, lowest weight, I still hated myself. I still felt like yeah, shit. Same. So, thin does not equal happy, no. do you know? I, I literally looked back. I saw a photo of me the other day and I was in, like, I mean, what we would consider, like, the most phenomenal shape now. I hated myself. Mm. I still pinched my stomach every day. Yeah. I still looked at myself and was like, oh my God. Like, and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd look at myself. The first thing I would do is look in the mirror at myself. And it's an interesting one for me because although I had a relationship with food, actually my real situation was my relationship with myself and my body from the get-go. Mm. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I would just go, like, to check to see if I'd, like, gained weight overnight. Yeah. Like, just in my sleep. Like, yeah. that's... And I guess that's the next question is, what would you say someone is, like, some signs that people need to see, like... If for anyone listening to this, like, what are the triggers or the, like, key things that they might be doing that might mean that they need to start looking at loving themselves enough? Like, yeah. Like, they really need to build their relationship with themselves. Like, what yeah. are those key things that you would... I guess I would say some key things to look out for to tell if you've got a bit of an unhealthy relationship with food is if you're revolving your whole day around your meal prep or your food or your exercise if you're thinking about it all the time if food is something that you think about non-stop mm-hmm. all the time if you exercise because you want to punish yourself or because you feel guilty if you or feel because you ate something or because day, you ate yeah. something that you think you shouldn't have if you feel guilt or shame after eating something if you are constantly asking yourself is this good is this bad if you're weighing yourself a lot you know and i think you guys will know if you have a relationship with the scales that is dependent if you look at that number and it makes you either feel virtuous or hate yourself then that's a problem and you know something that I have been advising people to for years is get rid of the scales I've not owned a set of scales for about six years now and it's like the best thing that I've ever done it's scary as shit to chuck out your scales if you're so reliant on them but you're not going to heal this you're not going to grow unless you get yourself out of that comfort zone and if the scales and dieting have become your comfort zone then you've got to drop them if you have any hope of getting healthy and I mean healthy as in emotionally mentally spiritually and physically healthy Mm -hmm. because health is not salads and smoothies anymore health is not how fit or slim you are like if you're not healthy in your mind then that's not you know that's something that you need to address yeah you're so spot on there with everything and we'll talk about the the spiritual element of it as well and I actually think as well the scales is a big thing but you know what's happened in this industry now is like we've all ditched the scales a lot of people have ditched the scales they take photos of themselves Mm. a lot of PTs and I did that at the beginning was like I made my clients take photos of themselves but it was more take a photo ditch the scales get rid of the numbers delete the photo send it to me and then send me another one in four weeks and you'll see how your body's changed for your Mm. results but actually what ended up happening I think is everyone then also if you're someone that takes photos of yourself almost every day to see the changes it's the same thing as getting on scales every day to look at what you're isn't it's just completely the same thing, isn't and it? you end up getting obsessed with that and obsessed with before and after pictures yeah. and all this kind of stuff which is a big culture on social media at the moment yeah but again it's taking people away from actually connecting with their bodies and actually yeah. connecting with how they feel if you're constantly just looking at pictures of yourself it's like a two-dimensional thing you're not actually ever getting into 
speaking to your body, connecting with your body, listening to yourself. Mm -hmm. Half of this work is about tuning in and noticing how your body feels when you wake up, how your body feels after certain foods, how your body feels at different parts of your cycle or how your body feels depending on your sleep. You know, you've got to get to know your body and spend the time to do that because you're in this one body until you die. You know, you are the person that you're going to bed with every night. Mm -hmm. If you don't get to know your body then you're going to go through your whole life completely out of sync with it and wondering why it's not doing what you want it to do. So true. Okay, we're going to move on now to, obviously, The Goddess Revolution was your first book, which obviously just went through the roots. And I think it was the first very much self-help book to girls our age and, like, around our age to, like, really actually tune into them. But you're just about to launch your second book, which is super excited, called Hungry For More. And I guess... Firstly, tell us a little bit about how they differ as books. Firstly, because mm. I heard you say this the other day, and I found it really interesting to how you would say, like, if someone's read The Goddess Revolution, or even if they haven't, mm-hmm. what's the difference now with Hungry for More? So, The Goddess Revolution is really for someone that is stuck in. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Diet culture Mm -hmm. and wants to have their eyes open to a new way of being with food, a new way of having a relationship with food that is really healthy and rewarding and really living at peace with food and their bodies. So God's Revolution focuses a lot on that, on diet culture and how we can break free from it. Hungry for More is like the next step because once you've broken free from all of those shackles (laughs) of diet culture, once you've tucked away the scales and kind of you're like, woo, I'm a woman, I'm free, I'm empowered, I'm on a mission, then you've got all this headspace that's like, oh my God, I'm not trying to lose weight constantly anymore. There's so much that I can create with this life. And so Hungry For More is about like the next step after that. Mm -hmm. So Hungry For More is about identifying what our souls are really hungry for. A lot of people struggle with binge eating and it's something that I was massively struggling with. And this book is really about getting to the root of our cravings and what are they actually trying to teach us? Because our relationship with food 
if we are willing to listen to it instead of judge it, can be a doorway for personal and spiritual growth and can teach us where we're out of alignment in our lives. So if you find yourself like possessed one day and you're like straight away, you're like scoffing cookies like your life depends on it, then I am so interested to find out from you where that craving began and what is at the root of it. So rather than, oh my God, I just have a massive sugar tooth, I just love cookies. No, I don't believe that our bodies really crave stuff like that. I believe that our bodies know what they need to be nourished. Mm -hmm. And when we have those emotional cravings, it's a psychological need that needs to be met. It's something that is going on within our emotional state yeah. within our minds and usually it's triggered by a situation at work or feeling a lack of love or a lack of connection yeah. somewhere so yeah the second book goes a lot deeper into those kind of hidden messages in our cravings yeah yeah that's I mean it's amazing because I think we're always wanting more and that's what's happening now is I think a lot of people have ditched the scales and they are changing their mindset slightly and they're becoming more aware that it is about I mean but it's almost gone the other way with fads. It's very much the year of self-love and self-care and self-help. And I look like this when I'm bloated, but I also look like this when I'm not bloated. It's almost like gone yeah. down the same route, yeah. but with yeah. the self-help message. I mean, I'm lucky enough that I've read some of the book. I got my hands on the manuscript the other day. And you talk a lot about in the book about fulfillment and asking yourself to look at like what we're filling ourselves up with. So are we filling ourselves up with food or what are we really looking to fill ourselves up with? So explain that message a little bit more yeah. to Graham. What yeah, do you mean by so that? what I mean by that is if anyone's listening that's experienced binge eating, you'll kind of know that it's like you're chasing the feeling of fullness. A lot of people that struggle with binge eating have completely lost touch with when they're hungry. Mm. They don't know when they're hungry. They're completely out of touch with their body's natural hunger signals because they find themselves constantly eating or constantly chasing that feeling of full. And when I used to go on huge binges back in, you know, those days for me, I would feel so full, but I would also feel so empty at the same time because my soul just felt empty. I felt like I hated myself still, but I was trying to fill a void with food. And the message of the book is, you know, what I speak in, you know, one of the chapters, which is called Feeding the Void, is like that void can only be filled with you yourself like you've got to go on a self-discovery journey and figure out what you're really hungry for and usually it is self-love it is connection it is you're doing a job that you hate or you're around people that are not good for you or you know you're lacking something in your life and here's the thing when we pursue a fulfilled life we stop looking to food all the time to fill us up Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing you know with drugs or alcohol people that get into those kind of addictions if you feel like you've ever been you know something has possessed you and you found yourself in the cupboard eating a particular type of food in secret and then 20 minutes later you're back at the same cupboard doing the exact same thing if you were doing that with drugs people would really be concerned but we do that with food all the time and essentially it is addiction and all addiction is stems from a lack of connection or a lack of fulfillment so that is what the book is about it's about pursuing a fulfilled life and when you are living a fulfilled life and you truly feel happy in yourself and with your life you're not constantly trying to fill your stomach up Mm. all the time with food because you feel full up you feel nourished on a soul level yeah I mean I guess for me I when I look back and even still now when I have to 
to like bring myself back again is like it's whenever I'm tired or super super worked or stressed or in a rush mm-hmm. like a lot of my issues around food were that actually I was in a massive rush and I had like no time at all to eat so I'd run and rush and eat or if I'm exhausted everything goes out the window like my training I, like I just switch off to it all that's just me and I think you say a lot about it being a reflection of your relationship with yourself so I found that I would only ever really like eat bad not bad foods I don't even like calling foods good or bad foods but I would only ever like rush to the cupboard and grab whatever I wanted when I was in that place of like exhaustion Mm. which is still a a lack of self-love with yourself because you're running yourself into the ground but Mm. when you talk about living a fulfilled life and chasing happiness then so like what does that look like to someone you know for people that are listening to this and they're going okay cool so how do I be happy because I'm not happy Mm. but isn't the issue that they're chasing the wrong things for happiness so what do you think the best way to kind of like live that fulfilled life is with Mm. like is it just listening to yourself and finding out what you like doing or I mean yeah if it's your relationship with food is a reflection of what is you know out of whack in your life for example if you find that you're constantly turning to food after finishing work for example then you've got to maybe address the fact that your work isn't filling you up isn't lighting you up and it can be scary for people to make that kind of a big life change Mm -hmm. but it's very very likely that if you actually address those issues or it might be that you need to have a hard conversation with your boss or it might be that you need to end a relationship or big life things you know we can't keep pretending that our food is separate from our life and like you said Becky if you're like racing through your life Mm. you're probably also racing through your food Mm -hmm. if you are an all-or-nothing person in your life you're probably also all-or-nothing with food you know it really is a reflection of you as your life so if you are a perfectionist in your life probably also a perfectionist with food if you love to be in control of your life probably also love to be in control of food so the links are you know indisputable yeah in terms of living a fulfilled life really getting to know yourself being alone with yourself is really important I was actually speaking with someone about this yesterday and we were talking about you know she's a, a lady that I've been working with and we were talking about how eating in secret is such a thing that people do in an unhealthy relationship with food and if anyone is listening that has experienced eating in secret or secretive binging you know the reason that we do that is we think well no one's watching and you know I can get away with it type thing and it doesn't count but the thing is you are watching you are always watching yourself you're never alone if you love yourself you're never alone if you're in a healthy relationship with yourself so a huge thing for me has been get to know yourself Mm. spend time alone with your thoughts you know block out all the noise say no to things that you hate you know (laughs) say no to shit that you hate yeah you know number one thing stop people pleasing just start listening to you to who you are do things that you love and get into a good relationship with yourself take yourself out for dates do things that make you happy by yourself get to know yourself because if you love yourself you never feel alone when you're just with you and if you are in a good relationship with yourself then you're not going to be having these secret binge episodes because you're not actually alone you know mm-hmm. so when you're you go exactly so yeah. you're always watching yourself and i think who you are when no one is watching is really who you are like that is who you are so that is what you need to get to work on i think that's such an amazing point for people to take home something i literally incorporated this year was 
I was in relationships, 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 and then I wasn't in a relationship and I fought the fact that I wasn't in a relationship and I couldn't handle it. And then I decided to just be able to be on my own and now I love my own company. Like, I always wanted to be around people and it's taken me a year and it isn't, this is the biggest thing I think that everybody needs to know, it's not quick. Everybody's looking for a quick fix in this mm. industry. We're still kind of like, well, how am I gonna love myself overnight? It's a bloody process, yeah. isn't it? Like, we both know, you stand in front of the mirrors, you tell yourself. But one thing that is really interesting is you talk about control and our need to be in control. And I think even if you're not someone that loves to be in control, a lot of our relationship with food stems down to being in control, doesn't it? So yes. what, what does that mean? Like, how does that look to someone? And why is that such an important thing, the control element? Because essentially we're in control at any moment to stop as well, mm. right? So Yeah, we all love to be in control because it makes us feel safe and yeah. it makes us feel comfortable and like we're not going to die, <laughs> you yeah. know, basically. But, you know, one of the key things to really heal your relationship with food is to surrender that control mm -hmm. especially if you're someone that is sticking to all of these rules and weighing yourself and all of this stuff you've got to let that go you've got to be able to surrender control and that is yeah. why there's so many beautiful links between this is what I found when I was you know on my journey of recovery was that in learning to surrender control around food and in, in learning to surrender control like trying to keep my body at this exact number yeah. you know letting go of that and deciding I don't give a fuck my body can do what it wants I'm gonna nourish her I'm gonna love her that's it that's all I need to do and my body will be where it wants to be in that surrender I also learned to surrender in other areas of my life so being able to for example with my first book proposal put a lot of work into it you know really worked my ass off for it but as soon as it was gone, as soon as it was sent, I had to let go of that. I had to surrender. I got married at 21, by the way, got divorced at 25. When I walked out of that marriage, I had to surrender. I didn't have a fucking clue what was gonna happen with my life. I was not in control. But because I had already learned to surrender control around food and trust my body, I was able to surrender control around that mm. in life and able to trust what the universe had in store for me. Even though I didn't have a clue and it was terrifying, I guess I got used to, or I got to understand what it was like to lean into the discomfort and actually sit in that scary place of, I don't know what the hell's happening. It's uncomfortable as fuck, but I'm gonna sit here because I know it. I'm gonna trust it and I know that it's gonna take me to where I need to be. And if you are someone that really struggles with, you know, you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I would never be able to do that. I'm so, I really value control, then that could be where your answers lie. Yeah. You know, if that is something that you know is your crutch and without it, you feel completely lost going over to the other side and being able to feel a little bit out of control mm -hmm. is probably where you're going to really grow and yeah. where you're going to really heal whatever's going on for you in your life. And, it, you know, exactly the same with control. If it's that way in food, it will be that way in the rest of your life. It will be the same. And you'll probably be someone that likes to be in control in relationships so or likes to be in control of work or it will always be a complete reflection. Where you are with your food will be where you are with your life. So if you want to be someone that is able to go more with the flow in life, 
practice with your food practice going more with the flow I don't think there's enough said about that in the industry about surrendering and for those of you if surrender is a new term it's just literally let go and let it be mm-hmm. and trust mm-hmm. that everything's going to happen the way it's meant to and we all do it like I had a conversation with someone yesterday about it where he was creating magic and he's going to do so well in this industry but he knows it but he's pushing it and he's trying too hard and I'm like dude it's going to happen for you just relax yeah. and trust the process and I think it's such a good thing for you to say is to like start with your food and yeah. see if that allows it to happen in the rest of your life and yeah. we always get in our own way often That's uh, it. especially and people like you and I who are in this industry like really trying to help others we yeah. kind of get in our own way yeah. by letting it happen mm. and people also people are really you know obsessed with getting a quick fix and getting the results now yeah. it's like chill out have some patience you know if you are in this for the long game be in it for the long game Which don't go be, yeah. after this like one week thing or six week transformation or whatever it is like how do you want to feel about yourself and your body for the next 20 30 40 mm-hmm. 50 years of your life like what relationship with food do you want to pass down to your daughter to your daughter's daughter like this is the long game people like this is lifetime work this is not like a 14 day plan this is your life it's like it doesn't get any more important than that we've got to drop the plans they've got to go haven't they the 14 day eight weeks they've just got it's just not you just can't live your life like that you know so true okay firstly what does making peace with your food and your image look like and how can someone kickstart their mindset into doing it so we've talked about I guess a lot of people I'm sure are listening to this going oh my god that's me oh my god that's me oh my god that's me so what do I do now Mm -hmm. so like what does it look like to have I guess from my perspective, I thought everybody had issues with food, which we a lot of people do, and with their relationships with their bodies, that it was normal to just look in the mirror. But now I'm like, oh my God, I go a whole week. I've not once made a reference to what my body looks like. I never thought that was possible. Mm. Or a whole day and just eating, like I just literally grabbed lunch now because it wasn't on my mind. And actually yeah. I was just like, oh God, I'm hungry. I should eat because I'm not yeah. going to eat otherwise. I never thought that was possible. But here's the thing about you, Becky. You are living your passion. Yeah. And you're doing things that light you up. Mm -hmm. You're doing things that nourish your soul. Yeah. So it's likely that you've not had those thoughts because they don't matter to you anymore because you've got a bigger mission here. You've got other things going on that actually really excite you. Way bigger than what my body looks like. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, us women are so much more than what we look like in the mirror. Like, we can change the world. So it's a scary thing to think about, but, like you've got to have a bigger mission than weight loss. You've got to have a bigger mission than your food because chances are, if you're living an unfulfilled life, if you don't feel good about where you're at in your life, food has probably become a massive distraction tool, a thing easily to obsess about because you're not lit up with the other things in your life. And that can feel scary um, and it's a big thing, but start doing things that you love and you'll notice the more you do things that really fill you up on a soul level, you'll be thinking about food way, way less. I think it's also a great tip to really start to notice when your body is hungry. Start to notice when your body is hungry and when your body is hungry, you will feel it in your stomach, Mm -hmm. right? And it will come on slowly and gradually. But when it's an emotional craving, it will come on very fast in the head, in the mind. And when that happens, notice, because that is not your body telling you to eat. That is your mind saying, I've got a psychological, emotional need that needs to be met. Mm -hmm. And that is something for you to investigate and ask yourself, why is it that I suddenly want to eat 
Domino's pizza and my body wasn't actually hungry for it, but my mind told me that I needed it yeah. now? Is it because that guy didn't text you back? Is it because you got let down, you know, at work? Is it because you're having an argument with someone at the moment? Is it because you feel guilty about something? That is how you can get yeah. to know yourself and get your life into alignment and it's harder than just downloading another plan you know it's more difficult but it's that is it you know guys that is the key I mean that is like the ultimate goal and I think it's so like guys please 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 take that on board because it will change your everyday life if you start putting that into perspective and and you'll be surprised that when you actually look for things that are like filling you up quite often it comes helping others if you look at Mm, those that are actually on a mission it's you end up really wanting to do good for other people then the Mm. good comes kind of back around but in terms of like I guess and I'm not quick fixing it but like as someone runs to that cupboard Mm -hmm. is there anything that they can do that will physically stop them or like that they can say to themselves that might stop them grabbing that bit of chocolate from the cupboard or as they walk to themselves in the mirror I mean obviously the easy one is to be like instead of pinching the fat how about maybe saying to yourself oh I look beautiful today or you look Mm. beautiful today are there any like tips that are everyday practical tips that can get them on that path of like Mm. instead of just sitting down and going right my life's unhappy where do I need to look yeah what practical things could they maybe do in Mm. a day I know it's yeah no a really good prompt that can kind of go across all of those things is what would someone that loves themselves do yeah so ask yourself that question and use it to shape your life Mm -hmm. if I was someone that loved myself would I be eating like this would I be working out in this manner would I be texting that person would I be hanging out with these people that aren't good for me if I loved myself what would I do and then do those things yeah so start behaving like someone that loves themselves and see how your life changes the other thing with food is if you do find yourself like constantly running to the cupboard or got those habits that are so ingrained around emotional eating or you know maybe it's a fixation on a particular food just ask yourself like how am I feeling before I eat catch yourself in that moment before you put it in your mouth and go how am I feeling right now because it could be tired in which case your body doesn't want food and sugar it wants sleep your body's telling you to go to sleep like go and freaking rest I guess the key thing is actually you're saying like stop whatever you ask yourself it's like stop and breathe yes if you can get into a habit of slowing down and actually speaking to yourself speaking to your body mm-hmm. having a constant running dialogue and communication with your body of how are you feeling right now you know how is my mental state today how does my body feel most people are not even bothering to check in and take that second to ask themselves how they feel before they eat they're just shoveling food in and then moving on to the next thing yeah. so check in with your body the more you can do that you like you are on to a great start if you can start doing that yeah i think you're spot on and for everyone listening obviously the book is out july yes july and you're covering a lot of this in the book yes a lot of the questions i've asked have been prompted off the back of the book anything else that anyone can expect to see from the book to like really cover or have we covered Um, we've pretty much covered the key points that there's a lot in the book with regards to if you do discover that your cravings have been basically telling you you need to change your life (laughs) there's a lot of tools in there to help you with that and kind of um, a lot of stories from me of how I got through my journey and the changes that I've been through in my life including my divorce and moved across the other side of the world and there's a lot of things in there that are help helpful if you do decide or discover that you need to change your life yeah 
Amazing. And then I guess other than the book, you've got a really exciting event coming up in the summer, haven't you, called the Self Love Summit? Yes, I'm so Tell excited. Tell everyone a little bit more about that. I'm um, a little bit nervous about it. It's like a massive event that I've decided to put on and I keep be kind of forgetting how big it is. Yeah, I'm very excited about the Self Love Summit. It is an event in London. I really wanted to bring more personal development and self-love to London that wasn't a health and well-being festival. I wanted to do a different format with different speakers that really talk about your growth and your soul and self-love not on a surface level, you know, not self-love like... Not on an Instagram level. Exactly, like really going deeper and taking the audience, the people that come on a journey Mm -hmm. and hopefully, you know, by the end have everyone leaving feeling so empowered, so inspired and like they can take on the world. So that is my mission with it. We've got an incredible lineup of speakers. It's going to be an awesome day. So if you want to come along to that, check out selflovesummit.org. Perfect. And that's also linked off your site, right? Yes, that's on my site as well. Um, Yeah. Anything else exciting? I mean, you've got it all coming. It's a big month for you, July. It's a, a big, big month. month. Yeah. We need another holiday after that, I think. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Yeah, back to Bali. Um, <laughs> yeah. But any more information that you guys need from Mel, obviously she can be found at I am Mel Wells on Instagram. And your website is IamMelWells.com or .co. Uh, it's just MelWells.com, Mel Wells. my website, com. yeah. So she's pretty open. She will be there. Like, <laughs> she talks to all of your community of girls, don't you, all the time. Yeah. And if you guys do have any other further questions, then do feel free to pop us a message. But thank you. Thank you so much. Honestly, I think the mission that this girl is on is an inspiration and it's I think we're all at a time in our lives now as an industry in a whole where we're wanting more. We're wanting way more than looking good and we're starting to realise that actually if you're a girl, guys aren't really that fussed about how good you look, they're actually more fussed about how happy you are. Um and I guess that's on the mission that we are on. It's but you're very aligned with what we're doing with alternatively healthy and allowing everyone to kind of learn what feels good to them, whether it's with food, whether it's with their exercise, but starting to tune into them a little bit more. So mm. really, really good luck to you, but I know that you're going to kill it because you already are and the message that you're spreading is very important in this industry so lots of love to you and thank you all so much again for tuning in please don't forget to rate us and review us thank you bye you have been listening to the alternatively healthy wellness podcast series by becky rabin thank you so much for tuning in today please feel free to leave your comments and feedback below and don't forget to give us a lovely little rating For more information on our podcasts, other episodes, and to find out more about what we do, please visit www.alternativelyhealthy.co.uk. And remember, shaping the healthiest version of you means looking purely at you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 